this next one a little bit. Yep. We're getting close. That was the last one. Beautiful. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. I'm just reading through my book, Andrew. I'm just going through my whole book. God is in the story. So we only have, this is the first bit you're looking at. God is in the story. Okay, we did them all. Yeah, we did them. Okay. I'm fine. I was just curious what everyone else You want to read Isaiah 46? Yeah, Isaiah. Okay. Good morning, Aldersgate United Methodist. We are so excited to have you here with us this morning in worship. Um, we ask that you please stand and join with us in our gathering songs.
Shine through the 
Amen. Friends, you can have a seat for a moment. Good morning and welcome to Aldersgate United Methodist Church, a place of warm hearts and active hands. Friends, we are so glad that you are here today as we worship God together. If this is your uh, first time here or if you're tuning in on the live stream, a special welcome to you. We hope you'll feel the hospitality of Christ through the community here today. My name is Pastor Daniel. I'm the associate pastor here. Uh, Pastors Gary and Maria are on vacation today, and I promised them that I would not burn the church down while they're away. So we're going to have a good time. We're going to have fun. You can dance on the pews. Just please don't set anything on fire while they're gone. Uh, We're going to have a good time today. It is always a good day to be together as the people of God to remember uh, who we are and to who we are belong to. Just a couple of announcements for the good of our common life as we settle into the space today. Uh, You can find some announcements on the back of the uh, uh, bulletin. This Friday at 10 a.m. in the cafe is our grief support group. This group meets once a month, and uh, if you are feeling uh, the weight of loss or if you're just feeling like you need a a little more support in your life, uh, this group is for you. One of the things we're called to do as the church is to come around one another in our time of need. This is one of the best ways that we do that. So this uh, Friday at 10 a.m., if that is you, uh, feel free to come and be part of that. Also, this uh, Wednesday at 6.30, Pastor Gary is beginning a new uh, small group called Everything You Always Wanted to Know About United Methodism. And this class is designed to kind of be an adult confirmation class. And so if it's been a while since you've connected with the basics of the faith, this is a great opportunity for you to dive back in and uh, reconnect with the essentials. That begins this Wednesday, 6.30, and will go for eight weeks. Uh, I want to just say the beautiful flowers on the altar, we have two different uh, ones there. The sunflowers on the left are given uh, in honor and celebration of Bill and Janet Robinson, who celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary on the 16th. I don't think they're in this service, so maybe we'll catch them at the next one. And then the ones over here are uh, celebrating Lisa Schwartz, whose 60th birthday is on Friday. Those are given by her mom, her dad, and her sister. Oh, there's Lisa. Yes, yes. Happy birthday. Yes, yes. There are lots of other good things going on in our community, but you can find the announcements there on the back of the bulletin. As we continue to settle into the space, let's uh, warm up the air with some hospitality. And so I invite you to stand again and let us take a moment to greet one another. If you don't know somebody, tell them your name and ask them theirs. your seats. And for our stewardship moment today, uh, where we highlight uh, one of the missions going on in our church, I want to give you an update on our Aldersgate t-shirt sales. Now, you might have seen, but I am wearing my new Aldersgate shirt. Uh, We were uh, selling these at our fall kickoff uh, that happened on August 14th. And uh, the sales of these shirts is a fundraiser for Project Laundry. Now, if you recall during Vacation Bible School back in July, we raised about $5,000 for Project Laundry, and we've given them that uh, donation. But we want to continue this important uh, work that they do, and so all the proceeds from these uh, shirts are going to go right back to Project Laundry, which is a nonprofit here in town that that, that makes sure that all people, regardless of their income, have the ability to have clean clothes. Uh, And so there's good news for me to share with you, and that is that there are still shirts available to buy, both uh, t-shirts and polos. 
so if you would like to have one, you can call the office. We can see if we have your size uh, at the Trunk or Treat. That'll be coming up at the end of October. We'll have a table out there as well. So you will have an opportunity to support this wonderful uh, mission partner of ours there. Um, keep an eye out for that. Uh, I think we've sold about 40 shirts so far. So we've made back all the money that we spent. I think we've made about $30 so far. So, so, so we are in a prime position to make more profit, not for us, but for the work of God in this world. So I hope you'll consider getting one. With that, I would invite the ushers to come forward and receive this morning's offering.
So at the 9.30 service, we don't always do children's time, but the senior pastor's not here today, so we're going to mix things up a little bit. And I would invite any uh, children who are here to come up for our time with uh, young disciples. Uh, and if we don't have four kids, I need four helpers. So if you are young at heart, come up and join us. We're going to have some fun together. All right. Hey, good to see you. We're going to have some fun with these books. Now, what is your name, friend? Sorry? Olivia? Olivia, so nice to meet you. Thanks for coming to hang out today. I'm going to grab these books, actually, Olivia, because we're going to do something with these. Ooh. Okay, Olivia. Oh, Vivian. I'm sorry, I misheard you. Nice to meet you, Vivian. Uh, I want to give you the opportunity. Did I get it right? It's Vivian, right? Okay, I'm, okay. <laughs> okay. Well, people just kept laughing. I don't know if I misheard. <laughs> Vivian, I want to give you the opportunity to earn some money today. Does that sound all right? So we're going to be talking about a really cool story of Jesus today, and, uh, well, we're, we're going to talk about it in a minute, but first I want to give you a chance to make some money. Now, these books are kind of heavy, but do you think you could carry these three books? Tell me if that's too heavy for you. What do you think? That's too heavy. That's too heavy? Yeah. Well, how, how about this, Gwen? If I give you a quarter, will you take these three books? all the way to the back of the church and back three times. Yes. You think you could do that? Yes. And I'll give you a quarter, yes. a shiny quarter for it, okay? Can you help me, Vivian? Oh, no, I just, she's, she's going to help me with, with something else. Thank you. You got a special job, Vivian. I got you, don't worry. Okay, Lori, if you will take these two books all the way to the back of the church and back two times, I will give you what's fair. And Kiwamu, if you can carry this one book down and back just once, I'll also give you some money. Now, Vivian, if you can walk to that first pew and back, I'll give you some money, too. You think you could do that? Just walk to that first pew and back for me. Oh, you're, yeah. That's great. Come back. Yeah. Perfect. See, that was pretty easy, right? Now, while uh, Gwen is finishing up her journey, I <laughs> will just say these books come from the Aldersgate Library. And if you didn't know, we have a library here. It's in the office. In fact, today in the uh, fellowship hall after the service, there's a table there with a bunch of books, mostly kids' books. But you can go there and check out some books from the library. And I hope you will. Okay, friends, wow, thank you for all of that good work. So, Vivian, you walked to the first pew and back without any books. You did a wonderful job. So I'm going to pay you first and give you a quarter. How about that? And Kiwamu, you took one book, right, down and back just once. I'm, I'm going to give you a quarter as well. Thanks for the help. Lori, two books twice. Awesome job. Qu a quarter for you. And Gwen, the hardest worker of all you get a quarter just the same. Yeah. What do you, well, what do you mean that's not You did work harder. Yeah, you went a little bit farther. Yeah, yeah. That, in a way, I can see why that wouldn't feel fair to you, Gwen. I mean, those books were pretty heavy, weren't they? These are theology books. They're very dense. Um, so in the parable that we're reading today, something like this happens, Vivian. There's a landowner who goes out into his field and he hires people to come and work in the field. And he hires some people in the morning, some people in the afternoon, and some people at the very end of the day. And you know, at the end of the day when they get paid, they all get the same quarter. That's kind of crazy, right? That doesn't seem fair. But what we're going to be talking about today is how God's generosity is so good and it treats us all the same. So no matter if we're first or if we're last, God's mercy 
And God's love is exactly the same. So I hope you'll be paying attention to the scripture. And you know what? You get to keep the quarter. How about that? Well, so nice to meet you, Vivian. Let's uh, say a prayer. We'll ask the adults to help us too. And if you would, repeat after me. Dear God, we give you thanks for this day. And we give you thanks for your love. Help us to embrace your radical generosity. Amen. Amen. So nice to meet you, Vivian. Thanks for your help. And thank you all for your help, too. Oh, yeah. All right. Our first uh, scripture lesson for this morning comes from the book of Isaiah, chapter 55, verses 6 through 9. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them return to the Lord that he may have mercy upon them. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Our gospel lesson comes from Matthew chapter 20, verses 1 through 16. I invite you to stand in body or spirit for the reading of the gospel. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for a denarius for the day, he sent them into the vineyard. When he went out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and he said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. When he went out again about noon and about three o'clock, he did the same. And about five o'clock, he went out and found others standing around, and he said to them, Why are you standing here idle all day? They said to him, Well, because no one has hired us. He said to them, You also go into the vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, Call the laborers and give them their pay, but beginning with the last and then going to the first. When those hired about five o'clock came, each of them received a denarius. Now, when the first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received a denarius. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, But these last only worked for one hour, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat? But he replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. God. You may be seated. Friends, let us join our hearts in prayer. Gracious God, open our ears and open our hearts. For we believe that wherever two or more are gathered in your name, you are present. So may we hear and listen for what you are speaking in this place. For you, O God, are our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. Amen. It was about three weeks ago. Um, it was my second day in Germany, uh, and I was in the back of a long food line. Now, the food line took forever, so I was probably in line for 30 minutes. <laughs> And by the time I got to the front, I could almost smell the currywurst and potatoes. 
a man came up and said hi to me. Now, all of the young adult helpers, the people who were in this little uh, program that I was doing, we were still getting to, to know each other. And this guy who came up to me was a pastor that I had met just the day before, and I thought, oh, how nice. Kevin is coming to talk to me. He wants to know me. But I quickly realized he didn't want to talk to me. <laughs> he wanted to cut in line. And I'll admit, I was offended because I think I'm a nice guy worth talking to, but he didn't even bother than just to say hi. In fact, he then cut me in line. <laughs> now, there were probably a hundred people behind us, people who were willing to wait 20, 30 minutes to get their food. The line was treacherously slow. And this guy got his food before all of them, even before me. And I remember right then, right there, wondering to myself, what do these words of Jesus mean? The last will be first, and the first will be last. This morning, we're diving into a new sermon series, one that I'm really excited about. And it's called, What If Jesus Really Meant What He Said? And the point of this sermon series is to take a look at some of Jesus' most famous sayings and ask ourselves this question, what about our life might change if we took it seriously? As followers of Jesus, the teachings of Jesus ought to have authority over our lives. This, this is a pretty basic idea. What Jesus teaches ought to be the guiding lights that shape and inform and influence our behavior and our actions. But it is one thing to hear the words of Jesus, and it's quite another to let them challenge and change your life. We know this to be true. So this is our hope for the next four weeks, that we would take seriously these challenges of Jesus. Because if Jesus really meant what he said, I think we'll discover that everything is turned upside down. Now here at the start, I want to clarify something. Taking Jesus seriously does not mean taking Jesus literally. As with any part of Scripture, how we read and interpret the text matters an awful lot. And more often than not, I would suggest to us that the Bible is not meant to be taken literally but it is meant to be taken seriously. Now, what does this mean when we're talking about the teachings of Jesus? It means we ought to remember that Jesus most often taught in parables. Now, what is a parable, if you can't remember from your days in Sunday school? A parable, in its simplest form, is an illustrative story that conveys a spiritual truth by comparing the kingdom of God to something that the people of the day would have been able to understand. The phrase kingdom of God, which can kind of maybe be a confusing churchy phrase, simply means the way that God works. So when Jesus teaches in parables, what he's conveying is this is the way God works. And he's comparing the way that God works to something he hopes we will be able to to connect to. The first key to understanding a parable is to pay attention to that thing that Jesus is comparing the ways of God to. Because the thing that Jesus is comparing the ways of God to is the key to taking the parable seriously and to understanding what Jesus means when he says what he does. And in the parable that we read today from Matthew 20, verses 1 through 16, Jesus is comparing the kingdom of heaven to a specific landowner who goes out and hires laborers. Now, the second key to understanding parables is to pay attention to the part of the story that is shocking or surprising. We're meant to clue in on the landowner here. There's a lot of characters, a lot of things going on in the story, but the key is going to reside in the landowner and what the landowner does that is surprising because it is almost always in the place of the parable that is shocking, surprising, and maybe even a little offensive that Jesus is trying to teach us something 
about the way that God works. Now, the the progression of the parable is pretty clear-cut. We're just going to run through it real quickly. There's a landowner who goes out to hire day laborers to work in his field. And the first group of laborers is hired at dawn, and they agree to be paid the usual daily wage, which is called a denarius back in those days. And that would be for a full day's work from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., a full 12 hours. But these are not the only laborers that the owner hires. He also goes out again at 9 a.m., at noon, at 3 in the afternoon, and finally at 5 p.m. to hire yet more workers. Now, by the time that the last group is hired at 5 p.m., this is just one hour before quitting time, the people who are hired at 6 a.m. have already been working for 11 hours. And the people hired last only have to work one. And as the workday ends, all of the workers come to get their wage. And here is where the surprising twist comes. Because when the laborers come to get paid, they all get exactly the same. They all get the same quarter. It doesn't matter if they were hired at 6 a.m. or 3 p.m. or 5 p.m. They all receive the full day's wage. Now, naturally, a dispute breaks out because the people hired at 6 a.m. are upset. They think they deserve more. It seems like the landowner is practicing unjust and unfair business practices. But here's the key to the parable. Because the way that God works is revealed in the response of the generous landowner who defends his, his generosity with the famous saying, the last will be first and the first will be last. Now I got to tell you, I can understand the anger of the people who were hired first. Perhaps you can too. It feels wrong to me, it really does, that someone who works for only one hour should be paid exactly the same as somebody who works for 12. If this this landowner was in the United States, he would probably have a lawsuit by the end of the week. He probably would not last in business very long. I think that's exactly the point Jesus is trying to make. See, we live in a world that is obsessed with fairness. The idea of fairness and getting what one deserves and earns is so deeply embedded in our politics, in our culture, in our economy. In fact, I would not be surprised that if you were to distill every political disagreement we have in our world, it it could come down to this one simple question, what is fair? and all the ways we disagree. This parable has potential to offend our cultural sensibilities, just as it did 2,000 years ago when Jesus first taught it. This is why he used it as an example. He knew that it would catch people's attention. But remember, it is in the shocking the surprising, and maybe the offensive that we ought to pay attention because it's there that Jesus is revealing the nature of how our God works. So what if Jesus really meant it when he said the last will be first? I have three ideas for us to think about. If Jesus really meant what he said, I think we might stop striving for and idolizing being the best, the brightest, and the most successful. It seems like it's built into our DNA to want to get ahead, to be first in whatever sense we understand that. And there's nothing wrong, I think, with trying to be the the best that we can be, but there is a caution in making success and being first our God. And what I mean by that is putting that in such the forefront of our minds that we would forsake all else on the altar of success. Because when we do that, we may just never be able to take Jesus' words seriously. The thing about being first 
is that it never lasts. I think trying to be first is a little bit like my friend in Germany who cut me in line. We do it because we're hungry and we feel a need to be satisfied. And we may indeed get to go first for a while, but at the end of the day, we're just going to be hungry again. The next day, there's going to be another line for us to get into. We might be at the back of it. There is an impermanence to being first. We think that being first or high on the hierarchy is the thing that will make us happy and prosperous, but someone will always come in and beat our record. Someone will always come in and make more money than us. Someone will always come in to unseat our victory, and there will always be another line for us to get into. Striving to be first is to strive for something that will never last. But here's the point of the parable that Jesus teaches. In the midst of all these things that are impermanent and don't last, the one thing that is eternal is the generosity of God who treats us all the same. That treats us and gives to us not as we deserve or earn, but according to a love that gives equally. The last will be first, and the first will be last. Second, if Jesus really meant what he said, then we should embrace the tension between our concept of fairness and God's abundant generosity. And this parable is so challenging because it invites us to sit in that tension between what we think is fair and right and God's generosity. From our perspective, those who are hired first should get more. And this means that God's generosity to those hired last is either misplaced or unjust. But if you pay attention to the text, you'll notice God refuses to put fairness and generosity against each other. They don't need to be opposed because in God's kingdom, they are not at odds. Our response then could be to turn to the words of Isaiah 55 that we also read and rejoice in the fact that God's ways are not our ways. Because if God's ways were our ways, then the first would be first and the last would be last and none of us could stand. But thanks be to God that the last will be first and the first will be last. When we feel this conflict between our conceptions of fairness and the abundant generosity that Jesus is portraying in this parable, may we feel the invitation not to resist, but to be open to the extravagance and the mystery that is God's love. Third, and lastly, if Jesus really meant what he said, we would know that the way to greatness in God's economy is not through being first, but through being a servant of all. Now, before I was a pastor, my first job in a church was at Calvary United Methodist Church. This was my home church on the east side of town where I grew up. And when I was in high school, I got a job being the Sunday morning caretaker. So my job was to come in early before everybody else and turn on the lights, unlock the doors, and make sure the coffee was on. And I was usually there before anybody else, but I was never the first. The first was always the pastor. His name is Larry Greenwood. And he was always the first to get there. And as I took on this job, I would get there about 7 o'clock in the morning. I quickly noticed that Larry would always park his small red Mazda sports car. Uh, it was an old sports car, not like a fancy one, but he would park it all the way in the back, back corner of the parking lot, as far away from the front door as he could be, back by the scouting sheds. And this was interesting to me because, of course, sometimes you see churches that reserve the best and most premium parking spots for their pastors, even with a sign saying this spot is for the pastor and it's always by the front door. But this was exactly the opposite. So I got into the practice of parking next to Pastor Larry, passing up all the good spots on my way to the very back. And I don't think I realized 
in that moment the lesson that Larry was teaching me. Now, that parking lot would never fill up. He could have parked a lot closer, and there still would have been plenty of space for others to come in. But the practice was instilling in me a lesson. A lesson that in some ways I didn't even fully realize until I came to park this morning in Aldersgate's parking lot, and I was the first to get here, and I naturally took my Toyota Corolla towards the back of the parking lot. And the lesson that Larry was teaching me is this, that following Jesus is not about earning your way to the best parking spot. It's about serving others. The last will be first, and the first will be last. Friends, this parable is not trying to teach us about work ethic. It's not about what it means to be fair. It's not about an economic policy. This parable is revealing to us a world that is challenging for us to accept. But if we take Jesus' word seriously, we may just find that this new world that Jesus reveals is good news for us. Because it's a world where you don't need to cut in the food line. It's a world where you don't need to cheat on your test. It's a world where you don't need to try to be first. And you don't need to conform to the practice of the world that says, earn your keep and get what you deserve. For in this world that God reveals in Jesus Christ, the last are the first and the first are the last. And everybody gets the same. The same mercy the same salvation, the same gift of transformation and eternal life. It doesn't matter if you've been here since you were born or if you receive Christ on your deathbed. Friends, this is a world that I want to be a part of. This is a world that we are called to be a part of. For Jesus really meant what he said. The last will be first and the first will be last. May it be so, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. As we continue in worship this morning, we move into a time of reflection and prayer. Uh, and it is our custom here at the 930 service to receive the prayers of the people. And so as I walk the aisles, if there is a name or a prayer that is on your heart this morning, I would encourage you to lift it up so we can know who in this community we are praying for. There are some names that I would like to lift up for us here. Uh, I would invite your prayers for the family of Lynn Blankenship. Uh, Lynn was a longtime member of this church, and he passed away this Wednesday morning at the age of 92. Uh, a service of death and resurrection for Lynn will be here at the church tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. would also invite your prayers for the family of Joyce Johnson. Uh, Joyce was also a member of our church, and she passed away just last night. Uh, services in her honor are pending also would encourage you to remember Ken Schnur, Betty Jett, Dennis Morris, the Doyle family and the death of their grandmother Esther, Dan Hagenbush, Virginia Kaufman who continues in hospice care these days, Carolyn Miller, Willie Holtgren, and Judy Luckert. Friends, as you find a posture that feels holy and comfortable to you, let us tune our hearts to prayer. What other names shall we lift up today? For Lydia Wilcoxon and her broken foot, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. For Paula and Angie, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. For Jack and Pauline, Karen Godey, 
Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Healing prayers for Matthew, Marin, and Judy. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For Lori, Todd, Allison, Annie, and Gary, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. who are beginning new semesters at school all over, that they would have the strength and endurance for the weeks ahead. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Friends, let us join our hearts together in one spirit in prayer. Generous God, your love knows no bounds. And so we gather this morning seeking to get a taste of just how good you are. Sometimes we forget. Sometimes we resist. Sometimes we can't see or feel the ways that you are working in this world and within us. And so we come this morning to drink from your deep well. Refresh us and fill us in those dry and dusty places of our hearts. Come and restore us. God, we lift up to you a world that is hurting. So many conflicts, so many places of violence we are not even aware of but we trust that you are. Open our hearts to break for what breaks yours. Grant safety and peace to those who are in harm's way. And open our eyes to ways that we can be part of creating a more peaceable and just world. God, we pray for those names that we have lifted up to you and, and, and for those names that we hold only in the deepest and most secretive places of our hearts, those prayers that are too deep for words, we know that you know them. So draw near to us and draw near to those who grieve this day the loss of loved ones. Grant your mercy, grant your comfort, and grant the gift of hope. For those who are in chaos, in confusion, give them a sense of vision for the way forward. And for those who need to know that they are enough, oh God, be close to them. Help us this day to be your people, to embrace the truth of your generous love for all in a way that does not diminish us but in fact makes us whole when we struggle to live into that reality oh god give us grace all of these things we pray and lift up to you in the name of jesus christ our lord who taught us to pray with one heart and one voice saying together our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever 
Amen. As we respond to our sermon and close out our, uh, our worship service, if you would please stand and sing with us. Come back to life. You keep asking, but who do you say I am? The Christ, the King, the living, breathing God, the light, the way, Messiah God with us. to see
Thank you to Jeremy and Anne for helping with the music today, and of course to the blended worship team always for your faithful service. As we prepare to go to this place, uh, I hope you will take some time to linger a little longer and join in our fellowship time. Uh, If you follow the smell of the coffee down that way, uh, you'll find it in the uh, fellowship hall. Today in the fellowship hall, we also have a display uh, to highlight some of the offerings of our church library, so make sure you go and see some of the good things that we have there. But as you go from this place, may you go in the confidence and knowledge of God's extravagant and generous love. May people you meet this week find in you generous friends. And may the love of God, grace of Jesus Christ, and the constant companionship of the Holy Spirit be with you always. Amen.